today on the Girl Defined Show, we're talking about something that every one of us has to walk through, whether we want to or not, which I don't think any of us want to, and that's disappointment. I, Bethany, remember a time, it was a few years ago, when I had this opportunity, which felt like a dream opportunity. I was going to get to help, like, co-host this massive live, like, simulcast event for a huge conference that I, it was like a dream come true. Like, I never imagined that I would get this opportunity. I was so pumped, so excited, and then disappointment struck. I literally found myself crippled in bed with a migraine. Literally, I had to take an Uber back. I was throwing up in the elevator, just literally could not. I couldn't even like muster up the strength to be there. And I remember feeling so disappointed during that experience. And I know wherever you are right now that you've faced and will face disappointment. How can we walk through that? How can we find true hope? Because we know that disappointment comes after each of us. What's up, sisterhood? It is Kristen Clark and Bethany the Beal. <laughs> okay. We are sisters, and we're so glad you're joining us for this episode of The Girl Defined Show. If you're new here, we are passionate about helping women everywhere understand God's amazing design for their lives as women. And today we're specifically talking about, like Bethany said in the intro, something that every single one of us faces and has faced. You know what they say? Like, if you're not walking through it now, you either just came out of disappointment, you're going into disappointment, or you're in the midst of disappointment. And I know. That is something every single one of us can relate to. And that is actually a huge theme in our new book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. This is a brand new book that we are so pumped about because truly, I think we would both agree that this is, we co-authored this together as sisters and we each share I think more transparently than ever before in any of our videos, podcasts, even past books, we just open up our lives in the most raw and relatable way and just lay it bare and say, we have really struggled with a lot of disappointments, a lot of heartache, a lot of loss, a lot of unfulfilled dreams, plans, prayers that feel unanswered. We have struggled. And a lot of these things we haven't shared publicly to the depth that we have in this book. And our hope in writing this book to say, to, in sharing these things is to say, yes, for the past Past decade, we have each faced a lot of this and walked through some really hard valleys. But as we've turned to God, He has been so faithful again and again to meet us right there in those dark places, in those lonely places, in those hard places where we're crying out to Him. He has met us again and again and again. And so we want to give you a snippet, a taste of what this book is about in this conversation today, because I think one of the most common themes, like we said before, is disappointment. And it's something we really unpack in the book. But we hope this conversation will leave you with a lot of hope and it will reignite your faith in God and re-anchor your trust in Him to say, yes, this is really, really hard. Or yeah, that friend I have right now who's going through that really hard thing. These are truths, biblical truths that can anchor her faith, that can help her, that can give her hope right now. And that's our prayer for this conversation. So before you continue, click pause, go grab a copy of the book, grab it for a friend, go to girldefined.com slash trust or click the link below. You can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can get the ebook really all over the world. You can grab it. So all over the world, you can grab it. All over the world. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I shared the miniest version of um, a time that I was really disappointed. So I I haven't talked about it a ton about my migraines because it's like kind of a random thing. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that relevant in every conversation. <laughs> but but it's th- a big thing. Yeah, Kristen probably knows more than anyone because my migraines have impacted her. <laughs> like, because I'm always missing a million activities. And like, sorry, can't be there for that girl to find yes. things. Sorry, can't be there. No, but I think, I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people know that yeah. this is 
it truly is a thing that impacts every single week. Yeah. I feel like of your life in a significant way. Totally. So from the time I was a teenager until now, I'm 33, I started getting these really bad migraines. Basically for like 24 to 48 hours, I would just be laid out in bed in a dark, quiet room, um, just literally with my head pounding off, feeling like it's going to explode and my eyeball's going to pop out of my head. And just if you get migraines, you totally know what I'm talking about. And I saw doctors. I've seen natural doctors. I've taken, you know, taken every magical herb that people say will cure your migraines. Um, you know, all the random things. Stick your feet in hot water and your hands in cold water for 15 seconds, then your migraine will disappear. Put a piece of ice on the back of your neck. <laughs> um, you know, anything and everything. I have done it. And yeah, there are things that have offered relief, but nothing that's like cured them. Um, and so I, when you're in that place where you, have migraines where you know there are certain triggers, but really because of hormones or whatever they could hit at any time, it's really hard. And it can be very stressful even to like travel or just even plan ahead. Like I even remember for many years feeling feeling just like, okay, God, my one big prayer is that I wouldn't have a, a migraine on my wedding if I ever get married. You know, that was like a huge prayer of mine. And it's something most people wouldn't even think about. They might think like, God, please don't let it rain or please, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm like, please just don't let me have a migraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember like in high school, I would play sports and after so many basketball games, because it was intense, it was, you know, I was exerting a lot of energy. It would just trigger migraines. And it was either I quit basketball, which I loved or just deal with it. And so there were so mm-hmm. many moments like that, like countless times where I would have to miss a party, an event, an activity, a gathering, drop out of something because I literally couldn't be there because I would, Mm -hmm. you know, like it would just make my body go crazy and I would start throwing up or whatever if I Mm -hmm. tried to push it. And so Kristen, you know, Adam and And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) no, because I've watched it. It's been really hard. I think when I was younger, when I first started getting them, I remember my siblings feeling like I might try to fake migraines to get out of work or something. (laughs) And I never did. Like, honestly, I never, never did that. (laughs) See, she's still better. No. Um, So one of the moments where I just felt so disappointed, like, why do I have to have a migraine right now? And I would like pray like, God, you could take this away. Like, why does it have to happen? So there was a huge conference that Kristen and I had traveled to and we were representing Girl Defined at a booth and getting to do some, like be involved in some fun ways at this conference. And it's like this massive conference. We just love it. It's a women's event, a Christian women's event. And I had been asked for one of the evenings to help co-host like the live stream event, which was so fun. We had friends back home that were a part of it. And I was super, super excited. So I am anticipating it, looking forward to it. And the morning I wake up where I'm like, okay, this evening I'm going to get help host the live stream. I wake up with like the worst migraine of my life. Like literally I am in bed. I can't leave. But in my head, I was thinking like, I I'm not going to miss this. I don't care if my head is exploding and my body's falling apart. Like, I have to be there. So I literally got myself out of bed. I don't even know how. I went to the venue. And, you know, it's loud. There's bright lights. It's Mm -hmm. in a huge conference center. I literally just felt like I was going to die. Like, it was terrible. I remember we were waiting backstage. So we had a booth. Like, a girlfriend booth uh at this event. And we were waiting behind our booth, behind, like, this huge curtain. It was, like, in between the main venue hall, like, the hall, and then, like, the big room where, like, everything happened. And I remember you were back there just... Wait, just you can't tell that Oh, that's part of the story. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the story. Oh, I was like, that was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so... I went and I actually, I remember going back to where the live stream place was and then there were massive lights on you and everything. And I 
I remember I thought we were going on quickly, but it wasn't for like another hour. And so I just had to sit back there and I was like, I am going to die. And people that I hadn't seen in forever because people are traveling and all over, they're like, Bethany, hey. And I had to just like pretend like everything was okay. Somehow I managed to make it through the live stream. And honestly, this is a miracle upon miracles, the first portion of the live stream, because I literally, it's like, okay, you know, cut, like it's off. So, and then I walk away and I literally, like Kristen was saying there, we had a booth there. So I walk behind the curtain of the booth and I literally just go back there and start throwing up because the, when you have migraines often, it like, you know, just everything gets off. And so I remember it was literally like 60 seconds after the live stream end and no one knew because I was like behind this back curtain, except Kristen and like my other sisters. And I was just thinking like, that could have been two seconds sooner. And on like, all over the world live stream, I could have been throwing up in front of everyone. And so that was only the first portion. I was supposed to come back and help with the whole evening portion and the after where they're talking to all the speakers. But I remember I got an Uber back to the hotel all the way up. Somehow I managed to not throw up in the Uber, but all the way up the elevator in our room, I was just dead. And I remember texting the other person who was, you know, kind of like leading the the simulcast. And I was like, I literally cannot be there. Like I literally am in like dead. Like I gave everything I got and it, it pretty much like it was, I'm, my body is like freaking out. And so I just remember laying in bed and seeing this all take place without me and just feeling like, are you kidding? Like literally because of migraines. Literally, this is like taking away opportunities, taking away these fun dreams of mine. And now I'm just stuck in this other city with all this action going on. And I am stuck in bed with a migraine. And I knew that this wasn't the last time. I knew there would be more times like that where this would happen and I would be stuck in bed again. And so for me, I had to come to grips. Like, am I going to get bitter? Am I going to get upset at God? Am I going to just get frustrated and mad and mad at the world and mad at everything? Or am I going to find hope um, and am I going to like find truth that will actually help me to choose gratitude and to thrive in the moments when I don't have a migraine and to be grateful even when I have to miss something? And so that's the the one of the things that I have had to wrestle with. And I want to share with you truths that have really helped me. That's what we're going to unpack in this video. But I want you to think for yourself, like, what is that thing for you? And it could be many things. Like, that's just one thing in my life. I share more things in Not Part of the Plan, our new book, that I've wrestled with and I've struggled to trust God with. Um, and Kristen, you share all sorts of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm, you've had mm-hmm. you've had all yeah. sorts of disappointments. Yeah, which we've covered a lot on these podcasts. But just, I mean, 10 years of disappointments, of struggling with infertility, three miscarriages, just questioning, like, God, what is going on? Why why give me something and then take it away and get my hopes up and like what is happening feeling like my prayers sometimes are unanswered just like i'm in this forever waiting period trying to trust god um and then almost scared to hope because i don't want to be disappointed again and i know that's something that a lot of you can relate to because i've heard from you saying like i don't even like i'm almost tired of praying for this thing that yeah. i'm longing for so much like things that the bible says are good things um because i'm just i don't want to be disappointed again like i just don't know if i can handle one more disappointment and the truth Truth is, in all of our disappointments, if we don't learn how to handle them biblically, if we don't learn, like if we don't get the words, like what words do I pray to God? How do I process this this in my emotions? How do I process this in my view of God and his character? If we don't learn how to handle little disappointments, massive disappointments, life-altering disappointments, um, everyday disappointments, if we don't learn how to handle them in a biblical way, they really will, will leave us crushed. And that is something that I have seen over and over again in my life because as I've faced various disappointments from small to huge, I've seen such 
a a different outcome in my own heart when I turn to the Lord, when I handle them in the way that we're about to share as we unpack some biblical steps we can take. Um, when I don't do that, they really do leave me feeling so crushed, so hopeless, anxious, fearful. I'm afraid to even pray for that thing again because I just don't even want to walk through that road. But as God has helped me to learn these truths from his word and to apply them to my heart, to my individual circumstances, then it's amazing how, yes, the disappointments are real and they're very hard and we walk through them, but we make it to the other side. They don't leave us crippled and hopeless. And that is our prayer for you right now. Whatever you're walking through, whatever your sister's walking through, whatever your family's walking through, your friend, um, whatever's going on in your circle as you look around, we hope you can use these truths really as encouragement for your own heart and then for the community that you're in. Mm -hmm. So we're going to share four specific truths with you and you can um, write these down or make a note in your phone because these are super, super helpful. Um, And I think they really help us not to become disillusioned by our disappointments, but they actually help us to press into God in the midst of the struggle. So it's not saying take the struggle away because like we said, there's going to be struggle for the rest of our life, but it's saying, how can I press into God in the midst of this struggle? So these four really practical truths that we're going to share, they're not like, you know, I don't know, the typical things you might hear maybe on social media, like, oh, just pray to God and everything will become perfect, you know? I don't know, whatever. Like, <laughs> Is that, that a meme? No. <laughs> you know, like where you feel like, oh, if I just do this or that and snap my fingers three times, everything will become great. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. I mean, think of our Savior, like Jesus. He yeah. literally humbly submitted to God's plan for his life. And look what it got him. Ultimately, he saved the whole world, but he he had to go through a really hard thing, like mm-hmm. the hardest thing anyone will ever go through in order to accomplish the will of his Father. And so, so before you jump in, though, can that, I say one that, more that, thing? <laughs> one more thing. I was ready. Ah, is that this is right along, it's like piggybacking on what you were just saying, that true joy and real suffering can coexist. Mm. And that is something we really unpack in our book, Not Part of the Plan, that we unpack in this chapter that we're kind of pulling some of the content from today as we share this with you. But it's that idea that I think sometimes we feel like we have to be either fully joyful and fully praising the Lord and fully happy in every way. Or we're walking through a really hard road of suffering and it's challenging and we're crying out to God. But what we have both learned is that you can experience suffering and disappointment while you're also experiencing true joy Mm. in the Lord. And I was just having this conversation with a friend as she was walking through and is walking through a season of great disappointment in her own life, of longing for something that not being you know, a reality in her life. And as she's watching other friends get those, that very joy that she's longing for, she was saying that she's struggling to find that balance of how do I celebrate with others? Um, How do I keep my joy and my hope in the Lord? But at the same time, where, how do I make room to grieve yeah. and to and to be honest with God? Like David in the Psalms so many times, crying out to the Lord from the depths of your heart and saying, God, this is so hard. This is not what I, I'm praying for. This is not what I hoped for. Help me to trust you in the midst of this. Don't let this steal my joy. Help me to still have joy while I'm on also honest with you, God, and my close friends and sisters in Christ about the struggle that I'm walking through. So I think that's an important thing to kind of have as a foundation going mm-hmm. into these three truths is we're not four saying truths. four truths. We're not saying you live in one camp or the other, but truly yes. that that joy and that suffering can coexist. Exactly. And so these four truths, um, any anything else? Before? Oh, I got one more one, thing. One, one more. So <laughs> Take the, it away. The first one is to humbly submit to God's story for your life. And this is actually really cool because I have been thinking a lot about humility and reading a lot about this in a different book, a really old book. Um, and it's just been the, the emphasis of just this point, humbly submit to God's story for your life, really, like I was saying, comes from 
our Savior, Jesus, like which our entire faith is built upon, Christ and the gospel. And he is the essence of humbly submitting to God's story for his life. You know, like I said, he humbly submitted to the fact that he was called to come to earth to live a perfect life. And then he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And he was came not to be served, but to serve. And his entire outlook on life was whatever, you know, God, what do you want? Seeking the Father always. And he's literally like the Savior of the world. Perfect. It's like, that's too hard to compute. But we often look at our own lives and we think like, no, I don't want to submit to God's story for my life. I want what I want. And then I'm going to get really mad at God when he doesn't give me what I want. And so I think the key takeaway is that we need to have that humility. We need to look at our lives and say, wow, am I like trying to hold on to the pen of, you know, trying to write the story and say, okay, God, here's what I want. Now make this happen. Or are we opening our hands and surrender in humility saying, God, you are so big. You are so sovereign. You are so amazing. I want what you want for my life. And I know that you can use in this fallen, broken world, you can use these sorrows and these hurts and just these longings to draw me closer to you and to help me serve others and to help me glorify you. I know that you understand my pain because Jesus, think of all that he went through. And so I just challenge you to have, you know, cry out to God and say, God, please help me to be humble like Jesus was humble. And please help me to submit my story to you because I know that either I can choose to humbly submit or I can choose to try to take control and just become bitter and upset and frustrated. And who wants that life? Like, no, that's not the road to like true joy and happiness and thriving. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage you to just consider the fact, like, are you humbly submitting your story to God? And if you're like, I'm not, don't worry, you can't, and you don't have to do it on your own. You can Mm -hmm. pray and cry out to God and ask him to change your heart, to give you that humility to surrender. Yeah. The second truth that is really powerful in disappointment is trusting that God's plan for you is really good. And that is really hard because when we go through things that we view as really bad and really hard, and yes, they might be really bad and really hard, God is doing and working good through that. And I think in this modern day and age, we, and I know this is so true for me, we get stuck on the good life, right? We hear that everywhere, like, oh, the good life. And we're all chasing after the good life, whatever that means for each individual person. And we're measuring everything based off of what we view as the good life for us, right? And so when things happen in our lives, upsets, twists and turns, disappointments, um, prayers that feel unanswered, sudden loss, sudden grief, um, something that is given to us and then taken away, um, a painful season we're walking through, we look at that and say, that's not the good life. That's not what my vision of a good life is. And we start to measure everything against our personal vision of what we think a good life is for us. But as we look at God's word and we look at his character and we look at different people in scripture, we and we i think mainly looking at god's character we can see that we can fully put our trust in god he is the king of the universe he is sovereign over everything that's happening and his plan for us it's always good because we have to remember this that god's ultimate goal for us isn't just to make us happy it's not just to give us everything we want to answer every prayer in the way we think it should be answered but his ultimate plan for us is that he wants to make us more like Christ. He wants to draw us closer into a relationship with him and to mold us into the image of Christ because Christ is perfect. Christ was fulfilled in every single way. And the more that we become like Christ, the more that we look upward and outward at our Savior and worship him more wholeheartedly, God knows that that's where true satisfaction, where true peace, where true joy, true fulfillment, that's where it's found. That's the good life. And I know 
most of us can relate to um, times where we feel closest to the Lord. I know for me, this is so true. It's often when I'm walking through something really hard or coming out of something really hard because I am praying more. I am in the scriptures more. I am studying God's character more. I am seeking the help of my Christian sisters more, and it's turning my heart toward God. And so God often allows this. We see this over and over again with so many different people in the Bible, God allowing hard circumstances into their lives sovereignly to to mold us and shape us and refine us and lovingly help us to become more like Christ and to draw us closer to God and to help us see our need for Him. And so we have to reframe again and again what the good life really is. And as we do that, we will trust God to say, God, this is really hard. I am acknowledging this. I am crying out to you and trying to believe this truth. Help me to believe this truth, Lord, that your plans truly are for my greater good spiritually and for your your ultimate glory. I love Psalm 119.68. It says, you talking about God, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. And that's such a powerful truth because God is saying, I'm good. I am always good. And then our hearts respond, yes, God, you are. Teach me your statutes. I also love Ephesians 2.10, which reminds us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so God has prepared good works for us. And sometimes to prepare us for what he's called us to do, we go through seasons of suffering and trials and loss because it's drawing us closer to God. It's strengthening us spiritually. It's giving us that spirit spiritual endurance that we need as believers. So we can trust through the ups and downs. Um, We have to fight for that trust that God's plan for us really is for our greater good. Amen to that. I feel like um, these points just build so well on each other, but they're so hard to do. Like we acknowledge that when you are walking through a disappointment, I know this can seem daunting. Like, are you kidding? These, this, like, I can't do this. And we recognize that. Like, no, we can't. None of us can. But it's through the power of God's strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. And He equips us to trust Him and to trust His plan and to humbly submit to Him and then to thirdly serve Him wholeheartedly right now. I know for many of us, we feel like, I know for me, like, I need my circumstances to change in order to serve God wholeheartedly. Like when this happens, when I get to this point, when you remove this God, then I can serve you wholeheartedly. Um, I know I have felt like that in many different ways. Like with my migraines, it's felt like, okay, like God, if you would just take this away, think how much more I could serve you. Look at all these things. I could do two podcasts a week, you know, like Mm -hmm. think of how much more I could do to minister. Um, But no, like those aren't going away. Or just for me, my journey of singleness, Like I remember, especially in the early years, I felt like, okay, God, if like, if I could just get married, then I could serve you wholeheartedly. And I think that's like such a tactic from the enemy of just like, okay, just a little bit more time. Once you get there, once you get there, like just a few more years, then you'll really be able to serve God. And God never in his word says, okay, wait until this moment, then serve me. No, he wants us to serve him wholeheartedly right now, exactly where we are. And the Bible makes it so clear that none of us are guaranteed another day. You know, we don't want to live like in fear and worry that we might die. But the truth is like, we're mortal beings and we, you know, we don't know how long we have. 
And so I think it's so important to look at the, the day as a gift. Like, what has God given me today with the circumstance he's given me today? And how can I serve him and live for him and point others to him right where he has me? There's a passage in Matthew that is super helpful. And I've memorized this and I will often think on this verse. And whenever I hear it, like someone preaching on it or teaching on it, it's always just so challenging and convicting. Matthew 6, 20 through 21 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, And so it's just this reminder like, okay, right now, today, where am I storing, laying up treasure? Am I like heavenly minded? Am I eternally minded? Am I focused on what's going to be around forever? Or am I so distracted by what I don't have right now that I can't focus on God? Um, So I just encourage you again to pray and ask God to help you to live for him fully right where you are today, whether you're still single and wanting to get married, whether you don't have children and you desire them, whether you have an injury or, you know, you have to move and you're meeting all new people or you're trying to find a great church to get plugged into or you have this dream for school or business and you want it so bad like that's all good and great but like look right now where God has you the family he's put you in the community he's put you in what are you doing to serve him wholeheartedly right now and that is such a like it's so helpful in combating disappointment because it takes the focus off of what we don't have and it helps us to look through the lens of what God has given us and it shows us like hey even if I have an injury and I'm laying in bed or I have a migrant, whatever, I could pray for people. I could, there's so many things that we could do if we just change our focus and change our mindset to desiring to serve God right where he has us rather than waiting for something to change. Mm. The fourth and final way we can keep our trust anchored in the Lord as we walk through disappointment is to keep our eyes focused on our future hope to keep our eyes focused on our future hope. And you might be thinking, okay, well, I don't really see a future hope because I don't see these circumstances changing ever. And so what are you talking about a future hope? We're talking about future, 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 like not future next year, not future even 20 years. We're talking about the forever hope that we as Christian women have in Jesus. And I don't know about you, but this is something I lose sight of so fast. Like I snap my fingers and I forget, you know, it's like one of the hugest truths in scripture, the gospel, it ends in revelation with God reminding us of this future hope that we live in a broken world. Sin has permeated everything. There's brokenness, there is pain, there is sorrow, but it's not going to last forever. And that's what revelation is all about, showing us the end, showing us that future glory of Christ coming back and making all things new, wiping away every tear. And as Christians, it's so easy to forget that that's the end. That is the, that's where we all are going to land eventually one day with Christ in all of eternity, where there is no sorrow, where there is nothing but true joy and worship of God. We get so stuck in the here and now, which I get because it's real. It's every day. It's happening right now in our lives all around us. But if we lose sight of that future hope, that's when we truly become hopeless. That's when we've put our hope on getting that thing, getting into that not, that next season, getting that job, you know, overcoming that sickness, um, getting married, whatever it is, our hope is placed on that. It's a temporary hope. It's not a, a forever sort of hope. And so that's why we want to end on this one, because when we focus on our future hope, it really does draw our hearts out of our current moment in, you know, the the tiny dot on the speck of all of eternity that we're living in. It draws our hearts and our eyes out of that moment to look bigger and say, yes, God, this is really hard, but I praise you that this is not forever. This is not the end. I praise you that one day 
all things will be made new. I will be fully fulfilled. I will experience full wholeness in my body, in my heart, in my soul, in my relationships, because I'm going to be completely made new in Christ, in heaven for all of eternity. And what an incredible reality as we walk through the trials of today. It just draws our hearts upward and outward. And I love how one writer, I'm just going to read a little tiny section from the book, how they put this idea of focusing on our future hope and not forgetting that. They say, there is a day an eternal day in the not-so-distant future when all disappointment will be taken away and when all things will not only be new, but will remain new. Every possible source of disappointment will be removed and all our hopes will be fulfilled. And that future hope that they're describing here, that we describe in this chapter that we're talking about right now, when we're walking through these seasons of disappointments, these moments, we can cling to this truth. We can remember verses like Hebrews 10, 23, let this saturate our hearts where it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Keeping our eyes on our future hope in Jesus is a huge daily step of of fighting for joy in our disappointments. If you want to take this deeper, you're like, wow, this is totally hitting home for me. Or maybe you're thinking of a friend or sibling. Um, I want to encourage you to grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story, just because this could be life-changing for you. We don't want you to go two years, five years, 10 years down the road and look back and have lived and been overtaken by this disappointment and this struggle. Um, We want you to learn to truly trust God and to, to thrive and to live for Him fully with every day that He gives you. Um, and I know that this new book, Not Part of the Plan, will just be such a great tool in equipping you to walk that journey. I want to read over you two different scripture passages just to really encourage you and, you know, to help you think on truth. Like, whether you read your Bible today or not, like, listen to these verses and listen to these scriptures because we know, you know, scripture it does not return void, it's truth, um, and this is what we can cling to. So the first passage is Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And that may be how you're feeling right now, like, I need that power. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Another passage that's super encouraging is 1 Peter 5, verses 10 through 11. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hmm. We want to leave you with just a few questions to ponder. We actually, um, in this book in particular, we worked really hard to build in a study guide that wasn't just like six questions to like think about. We actually put a lot of time and energy and effort into creating a beautiful study guide that is at the end of every chapter and not part of the plan where we have a section for you to ponder it, points for you to remember from the chapter, a share your heart section with a prayer, a written prayer that you can use for your own words to pray back to the Lord. We have fully 
written out scripture passages for you to consider right in the book. So you don't even have to look them up. They're right there. Then we have some digging deeper scriptures. If you're like, wow, those passages were good. I want to go deeper. We give you additional references. And then we leave you with just some questions. Um, And some of them I want to leave with you now that we leave with you at the end of this chapter in our book, which is actually called The Bright Side of Disappointment. One of the questions we ask is, what is your greatest disappointment at this moment in your life? And I want to ask you that as you're driving, running, doing dishes, just chilling, listening to this, whatever you're doing, think about your life. What would you say right now is one of the greatest disappointments that you are walking through? And then I want to also ask you, in what ways have you doubted God's goodness due to that disappointment? In what ways have you really viewed God's character through the lens of your disappointment versus your disappointment through the lens of God's character? And then finally, as you think about that disappointment, what would it look like if you truly clung to Jesus in the midst of that disappointment as you're walking through it? What would it look like? How would your heart change? How would your life change if you put into practice the truths we shared today? If you truly wholeheartedly clung to Jesus, how would that impact your life? I just want to close out this conversation by reading the prayer that we wrote in this chapter at the end in the study guide. I want to read this prayer over you. I want this prayer to be for you, for me, for Bethany, for all of us. We're just going to pray this together um, and just ask, invite God in the, into the midst of these disappointments and ask him for strength. Lord, we just want to say it out loud. Life is hard. It's hard to experience disappointment. We don't like it. Please help us to find hope in the fact that this life isn't our eternity. One day we will spend forever with you. Thank you for that hope. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to run to you when we face disappointment. Use the hard moments in our lives to deepen our relationship with you. Thank you for reminding us that our disappointments aren't meaningless. Amen. We love you, sisterhood. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. We want to continue walking with you on this journey, praying for you, getting to know you, coming alongside of you through this book, and then through all of the conversations we're going to have through live videos, talking about this on social media, on Instagram, on YouTube, through email. Um, We just want to continue encouraging you in your walk with God as you face twists and turns in your own story. So grab a copy or just get more details over at girldefine.com slash trust.